Hey, what's up? This is Ranting with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about anything and everything that could drive a sane person stark raving mad. The bus, the train, umbrellas in the rain, but today it's hashtag back to buck road. Oh, she got the hashtag right. <laughs> hashtag back to buck road. Oy. Let's talk about what that means. Let's talk about what Back to Buck Road means. Let's talk about what the game plan is and how you came to this decision and where we're at now. So Buck Road is a street in East Brunswick, New Jersey. We got to be careful now. Just I just realized we're putting out there into the universe <laughs> exactly where I live. But that's okay. Well, Go ahead. It's fine. First of all, Wong already gave your address to like everyone in the jam. She was like, oh, yeah. I just realized that. It's fine. The hashtag is back to Buck Road. So, I mean, it is what it is. Who's coming yeah. to Buck Road to find me? Every I'm on every watch list anyway because of my yeah. fuck Trump trash. So, yeah. I don't think the Gestapo is coming to Buck Road. I mean, then again, they went to Portland. So... Yeah, but they're probably going to end up in a big city. I don't see them in EBNJ, but you never know. But maybe, maybe we shouldn't have said East Brunswick. Fuck it. It is what it is. Just go Everybody ahead. Everybody knows we're from East Brunswick, New Jersey, shared hometown. Which is crazy, go, but go ahead. Go Bears. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be... Okay, so let's just warn people. All right, let's... There yeah, might be a lot of reminiscing. There might you might need to do a lot of googling. There will be a lot of landmarks. Um, I have I have videotaped going home before on the bus. Like I have when I went to visit my mom, but that took me since my mom has worked every day of like my natural life. It my those journeys usually ended up back at the Freehold Raceway Mall right. and down Route Nine, not down Route 18, which is Exit Nine. Which That's is nine. right. Should we just give like driving directions to your house? Like, go- <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody knows that when you're from Jersey, it's the exit that really counts. It's nothing else really matters. It's you name your exit, <laughs> exit nine. and that's it. it so it's exit nine. Slow, so yeah. <laughs> Slow the fuck down, sister. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure I could get to your house. I'm out. pretty sure you could, and I'm pretty sure if you Google Earth it, you will. It'll. It's the same. Yeah. It looks the exact same way it did, like 40 years ago. All right, so let's get into it. Though. Okay. So I'm interviewing you. Sure. Which, by the way, we're definitely going to pitch this as a story to a news outlet. If anyone has any suggestions for a human interest like outlet that might want to cover this journey. Yeah, it's a know. documentary. It's a real life noir. <laughs> it's a noir <laughs> docudrama. Zero romance, all darkness. <laughs> no, it's a tragedy comedy mask or whatever. Correct. It is a com- it is a complete comic tragedy or tragic so, comedy. So we're going back. We're going back to Mama Doodleheads for a little while to get our heads straight and to figure out, you know what your next move is because let's discuss discuss how you came to that decision I came to that decision after sitting on my couch for the last six months staring at the same four walls because I go out once a day at 5.30 in the morning I'm in my apartment no later than 7.30 in the morning and then I do not rarely if ever have I been back out on the street until the next right. morning. I have the luxury of a rooftop access, so I do I do get to go outside, which has saved my life. I know I do preface this and understand 
that, like we've said before, I have an apartment, I have food, I have air conditioning, I have Wi-Fi and cable, I am not, like, literally sitting rocking myself, staring silently at the same four walls, I am not in the same situation as many other people who are less fortunate, I am very well aware of my privilege and my situation, however, for me, it has been extremely difficult and very challenging, because I'm a social... Look, I've lived pretty much my whole entire life in my adult life in this city in many different living conditions in many different parts of the city, all of them on the west side. I could never, even if you probably offered me an apartment right now, could live on the east side. It's just not in my DNA. It's it's I don't I I can't handle it. I I would go to the east side to uh, Spanish Harlem to play spades and, you know, shit like that. But, you know, that's a whole nother discussion and a whole nother rant for a whole nother time but i i make my books let me just get that let me just put that on the record i make my books that i don't renege so i i could play what does that mean it, it's about people who know spades will know i'll explain it to you at another time but it's it's all about the game okay. fine but um so i'm very well aware of where i'm at however for me being unemployed right now and i was unemployed before covid so so job searching before covid was absolutely difficult and impossible and it was very hard to find a job I'm a social media marketing person uh, everybody thinks they could do that for themselves and they don't want to hire anybody to do that for them until they realize how much time and effort and energy it takes and it does take I will I, I am not gonna knock it you, you it does take some skill to pr- procure like videos in under a minute or two minutes in length that could tell a story and hook people in and I think that people assume, because everyone and their brother, as you know, post to Instagram nine million times a day. And a lot of, I don't want to, you know, people post what they want and it, it does for them what it does for them. But when you do it for your livelihood and your job, it, you, it, you take it from a different perspective and there's a little bit of a different tack to it. And uh, that's what I did. And nobody wanted to hire anybody. It was very hard to find a job. I have a million other life skills. My resume is a clusterfuck of jobs that I have had that have been everything from working in Club Med to teaching as a special education teacher in the New York City Teaching Fellows Program uh, to working in television and radio. I worked for Howard Stern. I was worked for Fox News, the local Fox News in the creative services department, not this Rupert Murdoch, like, absolutely batshit crazy bullshit situation. Um, I've worked uh, for the city. I've worked predominantly in nonprofits. Uh, homeless shel- uh, counseling kids in homeless shelters. Uh, I worked for the JCC. I work with young adults with special needs. I've done a shit ton of stuff, which is probably sometimes to my detriment because my resume is too long and too diversified for some people, and they're like chicks all over the place. But yeah. as I keep rambling, and this is where you can cut me off if I go on to shit yeah. that's like not important because people can go to my. I don't even use my LinkedIn page, but I think my resume is like living somewhere in like cyberspace that you can find. I've worked all over the place. Like Yeah, so people are like, What's your like what's your skill? And yeah, like, I have a mil I'm like a jack of all trades, like master of none, but I, I've worked in musical theater. I did scenic painting in musical theater. I can you know, I, I can pick things up. I'm ver- I'm a very quick learner and I like to do learn different things. I don't like the, I think right. to my detriment staying at one job was both to my benefit and to my detriment because for the first time in my life I had a consistent salary with health insurance. Right. So I stayed for almost 11 years because yep. why leave? And then when the bottom fell out from that, it was extremely difficult yeah. on a lot of levels because that I, that job was my life. My, I drank the Kool-Aid and I put ever, all of my eggs in one basket. 
yeah. within multiple baskets within that institution, but yeah. all of my eggs were in that. That was like the refrigerator. Like, I, it was, you know, I, there were many different things to go in and pick to choose to eat and drink, but it was all in one refrigerator. And when the refrigerator broke, all my food spoiled, and then I had, there was nothing. Listen, as somebody who's been at the same job for over six years and doesn't plan on leaving until the bottom falls out, uh, who will say, you know, may or may not be a participant in some government hearings that would yeah. <laughs> Do you swear to tell the whole truth and like, nothing but the truth? I don't I won't get into it other than to say it can be scary sometimes when you think you have a really, really, really stable life situation and then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, could this could the bottom fall out? Well when the bottom could falls out exactly. and you hustle like I've been hustling and grinding like my whole life here. This has been the way yeah. I've lived. It's always been it's never been one job. It's always been one job with hustle jobs on the side. And yeah. then to make a long story short, I had another job that was, you know, that was great with the peeps. They were, they didn't want to renew my, it was contractual work. And I, I was very thankful because I had help from Schmooperville who could write a contract like a motherfucking ice queen. Like, she, you yeah. know, she knew how, what to say. Clearly I'm very verbose and I just run my mouth like my sentences. I suck at grammar. And so I would write a contract to be like, oh, I just love the job. I just want to do the work. I don't give a shit That's what you pay me. Contract. And yeah. So I would bring the contract over to Schmooperville and she would say, uh, here are your bullet points, X, Y, and Z. And she would use like all big, you know, words that worked in the world of business. And as a CEO and someone who owns her own company... She's very good at that. That is not a skill of mine, which I am very well aware of. And I have no problem, like, acknowledging what my strengths and what my not-so-strengthy things are. And she put in that thing to ask for certain things, and they don't want to, you know, accept those terms. And if they didn't accept those terms, I didn't accept the job. And then I was out of that job and left with nothing but a few side hustles. And then fast forward to... The clusterfuck of this last almost year and a half of, oh, in between that, I will say, sorry, let me go back because I did take a job working for a friend of mine who I am no longer friends with. And I will yep. say that I did not follow the advice of someone who told me to never, ever, 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 ever work for your friends. Only work for your friends if you need the job more than you need the friend. At that point, I needed both. Both were yeah. really, both were really good, and both were, both were nice, and it was convenient. And we both, she needed me, because she needed someone competent to sit in that could like do the work that apparently she could not find another person to do. I needed the job. She was willing to pay me. The hours were great. Seven. I mean, I was working like eight to four. It was a like, that was perfect. I was on my bike. I zipped across town zip back it was 10 minutes away on my bike I could like yeah. run in the morning it didn't like it was it was great I have to say in that regard it was great it was a bat shit crazy environment I have never worked for a that's not true Howard Stern is extremely narcissistic I had never and and so was um Lisa Gregorich from Fox when I was working over there and she was absolutely terrifying but she had to be with all due respect she was insane because she had to be in order to succeed to get to be the news director at Fox because back then it was she was one of very few women in that powerful powerful position so she was literally like a woman with balls like she had more yeah. balls than half the men in that building and she was terrifying 
Yeah. And she knew it. And she walked around like you. People would literally see her coming down the hallway and pretend they didn't see her and walk around and turn around and like go the other way. Like that's yeah. how scary she was. And uh, so, I mean, but when you see someone who's your friend and you never see that side of them socially, like I'd known this person for years and never saw the work side of her. The work side, it was like fucking Jekyll and motherfucking Hyde. I was like. Who are you? And, I, and, and look, I understand. She is a very prominent doctor on the Upper East Side. She deals with a very high-end clientele, which I have absolutely no fucking tolerance for. So that, I mean, yeah. from the jump, I was... Which she also appreciated because she needed people to also put these people in their fucking place because everybody else is so scared of these motherfuckers with all their money and all of their white privilege and all of their abusing of you know, the systems and thinking everything is owed to them and they're entitled to everything and appointments don't matter and everybody could be seen when they want. And, and I was like, this is what I have. You could take it or you could leave it or you could go somewhere else. Like this is, you know, and they never had anybody really talk to them that way. Yeah. And so it worked out. It became like this, like it was a respect thing. I didn't, I wasn't disrespectful, but it was like, you put your foot down. You, 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 you know, you talk, you don't back down from them. You're not afraid of them. You don't feel... And so it worked out for a while, but then it, she became absolutely, like, insane. I never, like, condescending, like, absolutely, like, it was her way or no way, and, like, she right. talked down to you, like, literally, like, she would talk to me, like, A, like, she didn't know me, B, yeah. like, she was like, how dumb are you really? Right. And almost like, are you, fun- like, do you have one functioning brain cell? And I literally, at one point in time, I turned around and I was like, you literally are talking to me like I am a moron. Right. I am not a moron. I am putting this down and I am walking outside because otherwise I'm going to say some shit that I'm really going to fucking regret. And I had never, I had been in some fucked up situations at work. Like in, in, in the course of some of my jobs. Like, cause you know, I don't hold my tongue clearly. Mm-hmm. And so this is really, this has gone way off track. This has become a rant I about, about. I was about to just gently steer the ship back. Okay. I that we'd wait until we got. Long set. story short, I walked out. I went for a walk. I've never done that before because I was literally about to punch this person that I knew and respected in the face. Yeah. Just because that job then, she actually didn't have the balls to do it. She got her partner to actually fire me. So right. that's where I ended up, lo- I mean, 15 minutes into this motherfucking thing. That's how I ended up getting fired and collecting. Right unemployment, which is where I have been pre-COVID, which got me to COVID, which got me to the economy shut the fuck down. New York City shut the fuck down. Nobody's hiring. Nobody's even doing like everybody that has their remote, their social media set up has already all of the pieces in place to do it remotely. They're not looking to hire anybody. People's looking to let everybody go. I've applied. I, I did the apply to Trader Joe's. I did the apply to the post office. I did UPS. I did FedEx. I did there is, I don't, I am not one that looks down on any job or judges anybody. And there are very few things that I would not do. Yeah. And so I applied to all those things. And when I tell you, as you know, being in tech, it is very difficult to get a human response from anybody on the back end. I couldn't even get an email response saying, thank you for applying. We're not interested. I would get the standard email back. We've gotten your resume. If we're interested, we'll be in touch. And nobody ever got in touch. So here we sit. I, my unemployment from that job ran out. I applied for the PP, whatever the emergency pandemic uninsurance assistance plan was. And they're so backed up. And the governmental system is such a clusterfuck that I'm still waiting yeah. on my claim from that. And 
who who even knows if I'll ever get it. And I really slowly you start if you've ever suffered from depression or know anybody that's ever suffered from depression, it's never really a jump into the bottom of the hole. It is no. a gradual slide into the depths of the abyss. It's yeah. one thing that happens, I can't find a job. I don't have any pot of gold at the end of my fucking rainbow. I don't have a sugar daddy. I don't have a sugar mommy. I don't have sugar cousins or relatives or anybody in the tribe sugary enough to support me. And I don't really need a lot of supporting. But right. And I also have a very big... I have a personal problem called pride of taking money from people or even accepting help from people. Right. And this, this whole experience has humbled me in, in a way because people have offered and I have now, like, you know accepted people's offerings of like, oh, hey, I can talk to somebody. Oh, hey, I could try to, you know, people send me yeah. stuff. But it still has not panned out. And so as I have sat here for the last six months continuing to pay my bills, conti- because our slumlord is not even offering to, like, reduce rent or gives any fucks. He could care less if we ended up on the street. Right. Um, he actually probably wants me out of my rent control department. Right. And so I have sat here, and throughout the course of this pandemic, in addition to the rage and the stress that I feel from like all the maskless people in the park and going to the park. And that is my only time out. So the, now the w- one hour and a half a day that I'm out is even stressful yep. to enjoy. So that's not even enjoyable anymore because I walk to the park and curse out all these toward douchebag bikers that don't think that when they ride in like packs of 20 and they're screaming at each other, that they're not spewing their fucking COVID droplets all right, over the all fucking over. park. And so I come back in and, and then I'm in my apartment from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5.30 in the morning the next day. And I sat here and I was like, okay, slowly, you know, some of my friends moved away. And then slowly fewer people come outside and you can't meet anyone for coffee and you can't go to the coffee shop and you can't get on the train and you can't get on the bus. Now you can't, I'm saying can't. The shit is still I know. running. So, I know. We saw Lincoln. I saw Lincoln jump on the subway. Lincoln today. jumped on the subway. Everybody's freaking out. That was the first time he's been on the subway in five months. I think, yeah. look, there's people that have been working in it from the beginning that have a very different perspective totally. than people that have been able to really self-quarantine and stay inside. And look, I could go outside and go for walks. Why would I fucking do that? What The neighborhood has, got, has gone to shit. There's yeah. trash all over the street. Sadly, and I say this with the caveat that homelessness and mental health continues to be a huge problem in this city that has never been addressed by this fucking mayor. Yeah. And now, because of COVID and, and, and the lack of cops, because understandably the cops hate the mayor, the cops are, like, refusing to do their job because they don't have a support system. Yeah. And people are like... You know, now it doesn't even matter if you get shot, the cops aren't even coming. It used to be you could call 911 and be like, I've been shot, and that would get you cops. Like, now the cops are like, "Uh, go triage yourself. You know, fuck off. We're too busy, like, running out of unmarked cars in plain clothes and, you know, kidnapping Kidnapping fucking people. So the, the, the quality of life in the neighborhood has declined, and I am not blaming that in any way on the rich white people moving out. That has just been the natural decline within COVID. Because more people stay in, the streets become open, and who's left on the street? Yeah. The shanty towns are coming back up on the west side. People are, like, living under the scaffolding again with sofas and, like, welcome yeah. mats on the sidewalk. And so the, there's shootings in the neighborhood. Somebody just got killed over on 100th and, and you know, uh, Broadway over there and the projects. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fucked up. So why, 
would I go out just to walk around the block? The air's not even fresh. You don't even say I'm going out for some fresh air. Right. And, you know, other people, I fall, I understand that I fall on the extreme side of, of uh, isolating right. myself and quarantining yeah. myself. But I think it's, I don't think it's, like, not smart. I mean, if I had to go out to get something, I go to, go to, went to the pharmacy to get my prescription. That's fine. Well, okay, am I done? Do we need to start this over? Is this, like, the longest? No, Should let's we- just, let's, so, end of the day, it became clear that New York wasn't doing anything for you anymore and was, in fact, contributing to potential depression. Because it's not New York anymore. New York is the heart. This heartbeat is like the streets. It's being out. It's being around yep. people. It's the hustle. It's going to the coffee shop. It's walking your dog and seeing 50 people in the neighborhood. And 50 people that you might not necessarily talk to on the phone. Like, people from the neighborhood. Like I, I it. You I know, it. like... Even the homeless people you check on, everybody knew the crackheads in the neighborhood. You know your neighborhood crackheads. You know your neighborhood homeless people. Now you don't even know who the fuck anybody is. Right. It's a different city. There's no hustling and bustling and there's no energy. It's just like, it's dead. It's, dead out there. It's dead out there or it's just everybody doing what they got to do to survive. Going to work, going home. Nobody's standing around talking, dilly-dallying right. on the corner. There's no more of that shit. And like... As the city, like, it's almost like the heartbeat of the city is dying. Like, I was slowly dying. Yeah. And I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm like, this is, what am I, how many, I've watched Despicable Me 17,954 times. Yeah. Because there's something calming about it. Everybody is looking for that something to stop the wheels in their head from grinding, to stop the anxiety. Yeah, the physical reaction to the anxiety, the the stress, the the lump in the throat, the, the shortness of breath, the knots the, in the stomach, the no appetite, the not eating, all yeah. of it is so real and it's so tangible and it's so different for every single person. But there are yep. similarities. Like everybody should be getting therapy. Everybody should be talking to someone. Everybody is somehow impacted and psychologically somehow imbalanced. And I'm not yeah. saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying shit is off. Shit is totally. way the fuck off. And totally. so I decided finally, like, getting back to the reason for this podcast, because it's going to be 17 hours long, and I guess that's okay, because if people want to listen, they'll listen, so and if they don't, they can cut the shit off. You, okay, so you decided. The other day. I was in a very, for a few days, okay, so first of all, my dog had a situation, an yeah. emergency situation that scared the living fuck out of me. Yeah. And he's a service dog, and he's been, you know, I've had dogs since... September 11th because of like PTSD and depression and shit like that. I have no problem talking about like my mental health issues and all of the, you know, and anything about me to be, to be completely honest. I, I, people ask, I tell if they, you know, I have no, no rub with that. And I think it helps people. And I did shockingly like help one guy in Israel that really moved me like one night. It was very strange. And I could tell that story another time, but by sharing, you never know who you might help. Yep. It could be one person, and, and that that really impacted me and made a big difference. And uh, I, Kircher getting, get, having that traumatic injury and then leading to other secondary and tertiary situations really, really shook me yeah. and scared me. And plus I'm inside, plus I'm, you know... It's just us, and I'm, I'm con- he has nowhere to go to, like, remember, I, it's constantly in my face. I can't get away from it. Yeah. It's, it, there was no break. I didn't eat yeah. for four days. I literally did not eat for four days. It was, and I've never done that before, like, in my life. Yeah. Um, and fasting is part of my religion, so I don't, I mean, that was, like, bizarre. <laughs> and so are migraines, but there was that. And then I just started that gradual 
slide into the abyss. And I was, I have been at the bottom of that abyss before. And it, it was dark. It was really fucking dark and it was dark and it was lonely. And it was, you know, when you stop, it's like you stop functioning, like slowly things that you enjoy. You don't do like, you don't get up for your cup of coffee. You don't brush your teeth. You don't shower. You don't, you curl up on the couch. Everything like darks out, like black and white out. And like life is kind of like a black and white kind of like blah. Everything's fuzzy. I wouldn't even say black and white. I would just say the shit is just black. It is dark and it is just, and that is the depression. That is like you are literally going down. And then I read an article from Time Magazine from a woman who talked about that. And I can post that like with the rant who, who literally talked about the other catastrophe from COVID. Yeah. Which, which is depression. And I think it goes back to, I'm very, we're very capable, we had this talk, we're very capable of being alone. Like, I am okay living alone with a yeah. dog and having, and, and having had my life with my routine and with, with everything else. There's a, di- the, there's a huge difference between being alone and being lonely. And also being forced to be alone. And forced, like- yeah having a busy day or having like a couple busy days or social interaction or work and then you're like oh wow like I feel like I haven't stopped in three days I'm really gonna enjoy this time to myself like alone doing shit around the house with the dog just quiet in my head but when your whole life is just in your house quiet in your head you're not choosing the aloneness anymore it's being forced on you correct and that is hard I'm the same way I'm an only child I for the most part, enjoy living alone. I struggle. I've struggled before, like, allowing someone to potentially, like, live in my space scares me. It's weird. It's not, like, comfortable for me. But I'm so much more open now to people being around because it's not a choice to be It's like I need it because I'm alone all the time anyway. So it's nice to have that break of having people around versus the other way where it's like I need that break to be alone right it's very weird I I have to say like that was for me like I was like okay this is I don't see this getting any better anytime soon I I am running out of money it's and when you have money going out and absolutely zero coming in I'm not talking about like when I was working two jobs in the hustle and the side and I had the photography on the side and I could go out on a Saturday and shoot a family and come home with like $350, that $350 helped. If I could go and sell a couple of pieces of art at the hustle, that helped a little bit. It's dog treats for the dog or it's a bag of dog food for the dog or it's something. That was all gone. And it was just literally bills. It was rent. It was cable. It was my phone. It was dog food. It was like just the littlest things that you want to enjoy your quality of life like totally things that you should never have to like make the decision on like oh like I need a new like I don't know like this was me like I need new like baking sheets like $12 you shouldn't have to think about like making a $12 purchase that you need but when you don't have money coming in you think about everything like right and I was exhausted and I am I was at that point not only sliding down into the depression, which is like exhausting, I was then like emotionally exhausted, mentally exhausted. And I was like, I, I, I was like spiraling. I was like, this, this is not good. And I was free. I was not sleeping again. I was ner- I had, I was anxious. I was nervous. Yeah. I was like, and I think the dog picks up on that and it's not good for him. And I wasn't, I was like, what am I going to do? I can't stay here. I can't 
find a job. I can't, I worried about like my mom who's like in the highest risk category is like a cancer survivor. She's old. She has other underlying health issues. Like who's keeping an eye on her? Like, and plus there, I mean, on a top of like my fucked up family dynamics that have been in a goddamn clusterfuck for my entire life. Yeah. From like my childhood through my adulthood. It's yeah. been a disaster. Like nothing has been stable. In yeah. that regard, there's been n- no... St- I can probably confidently say there's been no stability, if yeah. I'm going to be completely honest, in any of my familial relationships. The only stable familial relationship I had was with my grandparents. Yeah. And I think... And that's... When I, when I lost that, I was lost. Yeah. For, for a while. Um, because that was also like... I was live every weekend. I was out there. I was shopping for them on a Friday, and I was getting on the on the on the subway, and I was taking them groceries, and I was living with them until Sunday night or Monday, and you know, c- talk to my grandmother like fifty seven times on the phone a day. Yeah. Like I still remember the phone number by heart. I went, you know, like it's it's just those things that are like ingrained in your brain, and uh-huh. that was the closest relationship that I had, and she was the person that I called up and like cried to on the phone, and she was the person that like. I mean, I don't know if she really understood what the fuck was going on, but, like, it's still your grandma. And, like, when, you know, your grandma tells you, like, everything's going to be okay, like, it's like, you know, all of a sudden you, like, calm down. And I don't even think she really knew what she was doing just by talking to me. You know, she she didn't, she, she understood, like, on a grandma level. She baked me, like, sugar cookies and stuff. And, like, that was that. But I just got to a point where I said, do I want to be at the age I'm at? With zero dollars sitting here waiting, what am I, I'm waiting and I don't even know what I'm waiting for. Am I waiting for a vaccine? Am I waiting, jobs aren't coming back. They don't even know if they're opening schools. They're baseball players who have access to the best testing and the cleanest facilities are getting sick constantly. They're going to shut down Major League Baseball. 14 players on, you know, on the Marlins just tested pot. Like the shit is not going anywhere anytime soon. So where am I going? All I know is the only thing that's going is my motherfucking bank account, and it's going in the wrong goddamn direction. Totally. And I'm telling you, it's a one-comma motherfucking bank account. So this, we're not talking like, you know, I, I have no stocks. I have no no investments. I have no nothing. I'm a nonprofit working, work for the good of the people because I want to give back and save the world and do good and pay it forward. And, okay, if you pay me, great. As long as I make a livable salary, I was always, you know, like, just trying to be a good human being, you know? And, like, work with the kids and, like, you know, and make art and sell art and, like, enjoy the city and do stand-up and do slam poetry, which I know you hate. And Ah, um, I I just, you know. Listen, that was the thing at New Eureka. It was somewhere to go and it was something to do and it was, like. I've been to, like. Five gazillion stand-up, or I mean, slam poetry. It was the spot, but I really got, I I really, I have to say, not to knock slam poetry, but I really did get irritated by the whole cadence thing of the whole thing, and it really just started to piss me off that everybody felt like they had to read the shit the same way, and I was like... It's just like an easy thing to make fun of, and I... It is. It's things. I know it's an art, blah, blah. It is an art. I think more of the spoken... Listen, more of the spoken word is the art. I got, I got, I was like, dude, why does everybody think they have to, like, have that same, that same cadence? and shit when they talk and they spit and they feel like they're not coming legit and like you go you know you get into that whole bup, bup, that whole like rappy sing songy shit and I was like yo I could still I can go somewhere else and like read my poetry and it was fine yeah. and it was a New Eurekan was a spot and it was a big deal you know it was nice it was yeah, right by two it was right by two boots so I'd go get my two boots 
pizza and then go stay out till three o'clock in the morning and like hang out at New Eurekin and it was the only thing that got me into you know the Lower East Side because who yeah. the fu- who the fuck else goes over there? I was never really cool enough to hang out over there. But here I am, and so here I am sitting in my apartment, no job prospects. I mean, I had one, but it was with the it was with the government, and they couldn't even get the shit right. They had four yeah. people call me. I never got the goddamn email. Two yeah. people called me for the same job that I agreed to with both of them. Yes, right. please send me the email. Oh, you'll get the email. The training is on Tuesday. Thursday came, no email. Friday, no email. Saturday, no email. Sunday, no email. Nobody to call back. Yeah. Nobody to reach out to. What the fuck? So the now, mess. and that was only a part time job. Right. Granted, it was part time, but it would have still been money coming in, and I was like, I, I at this point, that would have got me out of my apartment. Yeah. That would have put me. I still would have been probably a little bit nervous and apprehensive, but I, I would have still been able to do it. I still could go out. I could, you know. But I was like, you know what? I can't. And I broke. I literally like hit a breaking point. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I just was like, I freaked. And I, I called my. I literally called my mom. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get. I'm done. I knew yeah. I was, I was like, I, the city is not what I know and love about this city. And I, it, yeah. and why sit here and hemorrhage money and gut myself when I could go the fuck home and, and live without rent and, and take a breath and not have that hanging on my head totally and be able to reassess my life and take the next step for the rest of my life however that's going to play out yep because i'm i mean i'm not 20 anymore and i'm not i mean i just i want to i i need to be by the water i need to not be locked in a space where it it was great like i i understand i'm by the water like when you could go on the train and like get out i wouldn't mind taking the hour ride to coney and walk right. in the beach, but I don't need to sit on a subway for a fucking hour with some motherfuckers that want to rock the chin mask or talk on yeah. their phone. Also, like Coney Island versus like some of the beautiful Jersey Shore beaches is like a difference. To come on, listen, I love I my, mean, I love bright, I love my, I love my bright and polar bear. I love my bright and old Jewish ladies with the with the copper right, hair and the bikinis. Coney Island's but, great, but like, I mean, come on, Spring Lake, like fucking. It's a boardwalk. It's a different vibe. It's a different yeah. vibe. Like down Belmarta, you know, I don't go all the way down. I don't do the LBI thing. But the long and the short of it is, I am privileged enough, fortunate enough, to know that. Despite the feeling of being my agent calling and saying, can I come home? Which also takes a toll on you psychologically. Sure. Uh, because, you know, I don't, I think at this point it's a little bit different. I think if it would have been like if I couldn't find a job and there was no COVID and I just wanted to go, I needed, you know, at no point I think, do you re- are you really a failure? But it's, you know, you analyze yourself like that. And you think to sure. yourself, like, I'm going home. Did I, I couldn't make this work. Like, I made it work for 15 years, like, you know, somehow, some way, but it was a grind. It was exhausting. I'm tired. I've done pretty much everything that I wanted to do here, save like a couple of, you know, a couple of rando things um, that you could really do from anywhere now. And I think I had this talk with Lincoln this morning on the Hill is that everything now that you want to do that the city, New York City provided, like cultural spots that didn't exist anywhere else or food that you couldn't get anywhere else or music or entertainment or people or neighborhoods that doesn't it you could get that all online now you could get you could still it's not the same here anymore 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think all you're really doing is making use of a support system to help prepare you for the next step of your life versus having to do it in, inside of like an anxiety and depression spiral. You know? Right. Well, that wouldn't, you, you don't last long in that spiral. And the, you don't and, last long in that spiral and you don't make the right next decision. Well, right. And the outcome could be even more detrimental. At the bottom, yeah. at the bottom of that spiral, there is uh, the end of yeah. the end, there's, and yeah, like there's no risk going back to Buck for a little while and like figuring it out. Like you're not gonna, there's nothing to lose. Whereas like if you were like fuck, 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 I gotta get out of here and like went somewhere random and hated it and spent a ton of money to do it, and then you're like fuck, you know what right. I mean? Right. And I've gone and I've done the and I I also have done the move in with friends and see if you want to live in their state or in their town, and yeah. you can't do that right now. A, because of COVID, and B, because I know that doesn't work out either. After my experiences, I know that that, as, as nice as people are and as helpful as people want to be, yeah. it's very hard to implant yourself into someone else's life. <coughs> Bless you. Um, so while I appreciate all those offers, and I know that they're sincere, that, and not that it would be forever, but even still, even not being forever, there's still, like, this obligatory, like, weird, like... I know I still can't pay you rent. Like the point is, like I'm trying to not feel obligated to owe somebody something. Money, yeah. Money and like that is the pride that my grandfather, the, that German Jewish like Holocaust survivor, pride of yeah. you suck it up, Buttercup, put on your big girl pants, and you do what you got to do, and you don't ever want to owe anybody any money. Are and, these grandparents your moms or dads? Yeah, it's always the maternal side. Believe yeah. it or not, it always. There, there was, I was part of a 3GNY organization, which was third-generation Holocaust survivors, and it's fascinating, the studies and the work they've been doing with three generations removed. Yeah. Um, and it is usually the maternal side. Yeah. Um, and it was never, my grandfather never really talked about any of that shit. It was always yeah. my grandmother, um, but my grandfather was that business guy, that businessman, that person that sat and read the Financial Times, the New York Times, the stocks cover to cover and did his shit, like had ledgers for it, like a typical German businessman. Yeah. And uh, like, so I got a lot of that from him. And and uh, I just need at this point, and it sucks. It sucks because A, I know the apartment that I'm walking out of. I'm walking out of a rent-controlled gigantic one-bedroom apartment. Granted, it's shit. The linoleum is bubbling up. I finally, after 15 years, had only my kitchen repainted. The apartment's never been repainted. Nothing would ever really get fixed. They're never going to rip up the floor. I'm never going to have a hardwood floor. The bathroom, like, the bathroom tub always, like, clogs up. Like, it's always something. It's never perfect, but it was enough for me. It was, I, I never needed anything else. I knew the space that I had. I knew the amount of room I had because I have lived in less. My brother lives in less. My brother lives in a space that's the size of my fucking living room. Yeah. And, like, I've lived in a space that was smaller than my living room. Yeah. But I don't have... I haven't done laundry in six fucking months. I've washed my clothes in a fucking bucket in my bathtub. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the apartment is rent-controlled because it's not serving you anymore. It's not serving you in this moment. It's not going to serve you for at least the next year, like, because nothing's changing in the next year. So... There's what are you sticking it out for? And like, you know what I mean? Nothing like, because that's over eleven thousand dollars just in rent. That's not talking about right. any other living expenses. Just in rent to to your point, to like also not have access to things like laundry that any anyone should have access to and you know, and like I mean, theoretically the laundromat is open. It just so happens that the laundromats in my neighborhood are disgusting. 
the laundromats in Washington Heights that are that are is a different cultural neighborhood, and I don't give a fuck. I'll put it out there like that because that's the honest to god truth. The, the laundromats in Washington Heights are completely spotless. Where Guapa goes are completely spotlessly clean. The yeah. laundromats here in the motherfucking hood, not so much. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But like, what's the big deal if you? take advantage of an opportunity to have an easier life for a little while or a long while. You don't always have to struggle. That's always, though, my, like, and not so much with, like, younger people that I know, meaning, like, younger than me, like, in their 20s and early 30s. But, like, I always have this conversation with people in New York, and I'm just like, what are you, like, truly, what what are you struggling for? Like, is it that energy of the city that you can't replace? It is. is that you almost like don't want to I think a lot of people sometimes not you but I think some people don't want to admit that they like if they admit that it's hard then they and they admit and acknowledge that it's easier and better other places then they kind of have to address to themselves like why are they still struggling what are they suffering for why are they making it so hard on themselves kind of thing listen i think it all depends on what you want out of the city there used to be there's a saying about club med it says milk the med before the med milks you right get everything out of it you can before yeah. it gets everything out of you i guess then my point is that unless you're like an incredibly wealthy well connected person new york city's always going to milk you and probably like Five years before you actually leave. Right. It's going to start. Right. I'm pretty sure that's accurate because you, it's also, it be, I don't know. I think you're, it's either in your DNA and it's part of you and, and you were, you, you need the city to thrive. Like I need the energy of the city, which is why I was sitting here slowly dying. I need the energy of the city to live the life that I want to live. I w- yeah. I'm willing, you know, you're willing to struggle. You're willing to grind. Some people want to stay and look for a relationship. Some people want to stay and climb a job ladder. Some people want to stay and, like, climb for whatever goddamn reason. I don't know, the social ladder. I don't know. Like, if that's, like, yeah. what makes them happy. Some people, yeah. you know, some people, everything because of technology, though, has changed. It used to be if you wanted to be in the recording industry, you needed to be here. If you wanted to be in the fashion industry, you needed to be here. If you wanted to be a successful artist, you needed to be here. These were the streets. These were the walls. These were the galleries. This was, if you wanted to be a successful DJ, all the house parties, all the underground parties, all the bars were like, I thought I was the shit. I was DJing in some local dive hole in, in the West Village. But still, you say you're a New York City DJ, that has some motherfucking clout. That says yeah. something. You don't yeah. have to tell them where you were DJing. Yeah. You know, you just say, I'm a New York City DJ. Yeah. And there is something about, I don't know. It's And I've been other places. I mean, I haven't been a lot of places, but I've tried to live other places. And I think at a point, you know, there's something about getting off the plane home here that you just... It in, all of a sudden you walk different, you talk different, you you know everything you be everything about you becomes different. And I'm not saying like different better, but it's who you are. And I think slowly when that essence starts to like fade away because those things start to disappear also. Yeah. Why, then I got to questioning myself like why st- I exactly like why am I staying? What am I staying yeah. for? Who am I staying for? Do I have anything left to prove? You know I don't. I'm lucky enough like. I'm not in. I'm not connected to this place like I have been in the past. Like, and once certain people left and were not around anymore, 
and your your village starts to your little city within the city starts to leave mm-hmm. you're like what the fuck and i knew that on friday when i went to the hill to run and since kircher's been on crate rest he doesn't come out and I, Michelle and Fran slept in, so there was no Michelle, Fran, and Moose. Lincoln is recovering, so there was no Lincoln and Isis. And I literally got up to the hill, and it was me. Yeah. And there was no one else on the hill. And it didn't yeah. matter that I could take my mask off and run, which should have been the highlight of the morning. What yeah. mattered was I did my workout in an hour completely alone. So I sat in my apartment for 23 hours alone, and the one hour that I saw other human beings that I enjoyed their company we're not there. Yeah. And I came back and I'm like, okay, now I'm completely alone and by myself and not like alone, alone. Like I don't call you like you could FaceTime people, but there is something about seeing people in real life for me 100%. and connecting me with, connecting with people. And once that was gone on Friday, I literally sat there and I was like, okay, th- that was the breaking point. And I called my mom and there were complications and it wasn't a guarantee. And I said, if I don't come home, I'm gonna. I, I really thought at that point I, I'd I would lose my. Sh- I thought at that point I would lose my shit, and I was really worried that I then I didn't have anywhere else to go, and then I was gonna sit here and I was gonna run out of money, and then what happens when I run out of money? And then does my mom feel bad? And then she says, oh, now you can come home because you have absolutely nothing and you've hit rock bottom. Like why wait? My argument was why wait till I hit rock bottom. Why, why hit financial rock bottom when you don't have to? Especially when you don't even have, like, m- many rocks in your finances to begin with. So yeah, it's like, not like you're... And there, to your point, like, what is the point of paying money to sit inside of four walls all day when you can sit inside of four walls and not pay money and also go outside in the backyard and also get in the car and be at the beach in 25 minutes, you know? Or be at other people's houses or drive to see people or drive to Connecticut or drive to northern New Jersey or drive, you know, back into the city to see my brother. Like, you know, there's it's not I think I need at this point, like I was like, you know what? I need that freedom. I need I would rather take lease a car, buy a car, make that investment and then make the next steps. And, you know, there's other options. There's other opportunities that may come up. And plus, I could do the same volunteering in an animal shelter in Uh, East Brunswick, New Jersey, that I could do here. I am sure there are organizations that are looking for help in New Jersey that I could find, Mm -hmm. and I can have places to go, and I don't have to worry about walking out of my apartment building and stepping over four crackheads, not wearing any masks, like 37 masks that are thrown on the sidewalk. Uh, You know, people sleep. I mean, it's, it's, it's just... The city has gotten... Like, it's sad. It's sad. The city has gotten sad. It's just, it's empty. It's sad. It's violent. It's dirty. It's, it's, it's backsliding. And it's not only up here in Harlem. It's happening on the Upper West Side. It's happening, you know, not so much in Chelsea. They're just being assholes and throwing underground parties and not wearing any masks and like drinking all over the street and being fucking stupid. Yeah. But, you know, I was, I was angry. I'm angry. You know, you get angry. You're like, this is fucking sucks, dude. If everybody, you know, like, just get your shit together so we can get the fuck out of this so people could, like, get back to, like, fucking starting over. Like, it, this is, a lot of it is so unfucking necessary Of course. Of course it is. And, and so I just want to be able to not be angry all the time. Yeah. And I want to be, yeah. I want to be able to not be 
tense all the time because that's not who I am. I mean, I am a big mouth. Like, let's just get this straight. I have no problem talking shit to anybody on the motherfucking street. But there's a difference when you're stressed and, and like, tweak the fuck out and angry and pissed at people who are selfish as fuck and could potentially be killing people. Yeah. And choose not to believe in fucking science. And I'm no fucking scientist. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a Mensa member. I barely, you know, sports got me out of high school. But, like, just, I don't, I'm not innately an angry person. I'm a vocal person. I'll get in your fucking face because I have an opinion and a big fucking mouth. Yeah. But I'm not, my rants are never, they're angry, but they're never, like, intrinsically, yeah, like, like, hateful. Yeah, it's not that, like, internal anger at everything. It's just, like... No, like, now I wish those people would die. I never walked around the street, like, saying, if you don't wear a mask, yeah. I hope you catch COVID and fucking die. I mean, New Jersey's not a bad place. It's not... I, like... I'm a Jersey head. Like, I, I say this all the time. People are like, oh, like, do you miss New York? Do you ever go back? I'm like, fuck New York. But I do have a soft spot for Jersey, for sure. I don't know if I have a soft... I mean, I don't know if I have a soft spot. I Look, we were... I was, You're so close to it that... Because I've been away from it for almost 11 years. So, like, I... Yeah. I'm like, oh, jurors. Like, I'd love, I'd love a day at the shore. Like, I'd love. Yeah, I've been know. back just to visit my mom and stuff. So yeah. I've, I, I haven't. So for me, it's not, it's not like that. I think it's also, um, you know, I don't know. I like you spend a lot of time there. It was, it was a great look. I'm not knocking it. It was a great place to grow up. I never bash it like that. You know, we all crack the jokes about you know Belmar and Sleaside and all that shit with the Guidos and. You know, whatever those clubs were down the shore where we DJs? all went. Huh? Did you go to, did you go to DJs? Went to DJs. <laughs> went to DJs in Belmar. I, I preferred more to walk around on the boardwalk and just, like, play so ball and, like, eat cotton candy and shit and, like, fries and, like... At Point Pleasant? Yeah. Or Belmar? Belmar. I wasn't a yeah. really big... I never did Sleaside. I really wasn't big on Point Pleasant. It was really Belmar for me, and it was close enough and, you yeah. know... That was, and, and a lot of my friends never really had the houses down there. So it wasn't like, we went for the, we went crack of dawn and came back in the afternoon and which was, Same. you know, which was great. Cause then you just, it was more fun like that to be in the car to roll the windows down, blast the music. And yo, do you remember Krausers? Yes. So we would oh. like go and get like sandwiches and shit at Krausers in the morning and then like drive down and like. Just, like, lay out and then eat sandwiches and, like, go get pizza and, like, walk around and then go home. Yeah, and it was perfect. It's just far enough away. Like, you could make the drive in a half an hour. If there was traffic, it would be, like, an hour because it's, like, one lane until you get past the Army base. And then, you know, and then it was – we didn't even talk about – next time we'll talk about, like, all the landmarks and the return trip and, like, how hashtag back to Buck Road is going to work because it's going to be a whole thing and – you know, the stories are still going to continue on my Instagram, and I'm still going to be doing Coffee O'Clock, and I'm still going to be doing the weather, and I'm still going to be doing all that dumb shit because I am, like, one of those people who, like, for some reason think other people give a shit about what I post on Instagram, and, you know. They I, do. It's like a routine. It is a routine, but I just, I do it because I enjoy it. I don't, I don't, you know, and I know other people get a kick out of it and stuff like that, but I, you know. Yeah. I'm not one of those, like, constant, I don't, it's, it's not to me, like. It's not a matter of how many likes you get. It's a matter of like. I'm if, definitely like. If it brings people show. joy, I like to do it. If I know people enjoy it, it makes me happy. Then it, you know. Yeah. Then I do it. Well, and it I'm gonna give you a list of places that you need to hit up and like video or like take pictures. Like I want to know. I'm gonna think about places I need you to drive by 
It's going to be fun. We'll drag Carol out in the car. We'll drag Carol yeah. out in the car. Carol will be, like, the videographer. I'll be the driver. She could drive. Yeah. And we could I do feel that. Like you, need to go, you need to go into, like... Like, I feel like there are places in, like, Oldridge and, like... I don't know. Like, down there that, like, we used to hang out. Like, I can't remember. I don't know about Oldridge. I don't know. All I know is... I mean, we used to go to Temple in South River, and that was, like... Old South River, With yeah. the Five and Dime, where we used to cut Hebrew school classes and go for candy. <laughs> But then there's that really good restaurant in South River. Oh, uh, the Portuguese, Portuguese fish yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's still. I don't know. There'll it be is. plenty. It got. It is. It got damaged and sandy. And then I was back in Jersey for one day in like 2017, I think, or 2018. And a friend from high school and I went there to eat. And it's still so fucking good. Oh, my God. Yeah. That place is so good. Listen, I'm going to be doing my early morning workouts up at Chittick Elementary School. You can come work out with me. I'm going to ride my bike just like I rode my orange huffy with the streamers up to school (laughs) in the morning. Was Was Chittick brown? Yes. It was bricks. It was brown tan and brown bricks. I I picture it, yeah. And I have to tell you, I, I I did love elementary school I, I did too I loved I sure elementary school and uh I loved recess <laughs> I, loved, I, I loved going to library oh I loved our library and ours was named Mrs. Lindsay I'm sure she was pizza dead. lunch she on Fridays like pizza lunch the and chocolate milk in the box no yeah, I didn't do chocolate that chocolate milk in the box so you know what else I'm gonna need you to do is like hit up a couple of the bagel places are they even, I don't even remember what the bagel places are Do called there. Do you remember? There. Okay. There was Manhattan Bagel, which wasn't that good. It, that was all the way down Route 1, like, almost, like, out of East Brunswick. Like, all the way, like, past Target. Like, almost Oh, you're up. talking about way before. See, like, you're younger because I don't even really remember when Target opened there. I was long gone. Target probably opened when I was in high school, maybe. So, yeah, you were gone. But, like, past, like, past down route one that way and then there was is that south or north oh maybe is that north where's the Target? i don't know like it'll be an adventure maybe yeah north toward new brunswick maybe the whole thing is going to be the whole thing is going to be an adventure and i'm gonna it's going to be an adventure if i decide to get a car that the car buying will be an adventure um you know the redecorating of the room will be an adventure because i'm once again going back to somewhere i have no control over the decor yeah. Uh, and I know that the same rug is still there and the same horrendous brown paneling is still on the walls. Is it? Yes. The same brown paneling is in the room. It's, uh, Nothing has been remodeled? Uh, it has. Some things have been. Oh. The kitchen has been remodeled because it was falling okay. apart. The bathrooms The bathrooms have been redone. Okay. Uh, but the, the spare room, which is my room downstairs, it's a bi-level yeah. house, if anybody's wondering. It is a regular yeah. suburban, nothing sprawling, two-car garage, right. bi-level house with a basketball. I don't even know the basketball hoop. I don't even think it's on the – we might need to re- bring back a basketball hoop on the driveway. Yeah. Uh, but the yard has been fenced in, and uh, there is uh, – that's pretty much everything. It is the same. <laughs> it is the same like velvet furniture in the living room. That is the two orange chair. They're probably worth a fortune now. It's like seventies like retro, yeah. round orange chairs that used to spin. That my brothers and I used to beat the shit out of each other on. 
um, and a and a horrendous like brown couch. I know the plastic's yeah. been taken off a long time ago. Okay. That's um, good. but the same. I, I don't. I think it's the same carpeting on the steps. Yeah. Like that. We used to literally jump down and like hang over the banister. Like it was. It was. We destroyed it. it we destroyed the place pretty much. Like we tore it yeah. up because that we grew up in the time of like Saturday morning WWE wrestling. So we all right. thought we were like fucking Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Like flying all off the couches and off the tables and rug burns like everywhere like it was just unbelievable. Yeah. So and we'll go through the attic and there's I'm sure there's stuff like laying pictures. around. Do you think you have like Lakeview group pictures up there? Not Lakeview group pictures, but I'm sure there's. You know what? I'm sure there's something because my mom never really took a lot of photos. It was my grandma that actually took the pictures. So. We'll go through and we'll see what's in the boxes. I know I know for sure there's boxes up there that I've buried like in yeah. the attic and shit, but uh so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of um I am sure cleaning out. I'm sure a lot of like reminiscing. There's going to be just as much time to kill there as here. Hopefully yeah. more productively. Um there are still going to be some precarious situations because there's another individual that is residing in the house that there has been a long-term nothing short of tenuous uh relationship with yeah. uh and that actually started to get cleared up today which scared the shit out of me which i answered the phone and i didn't even rec- and i normally i don't answer a number i don't know but yeah. the number came up as freehold and i answered because i thought it might be my mom calling from yeah. like some rando work phone and i picked up and it happened to be my dad, who I hadn't spoken to in over 17 years, and it was just very... Yeah. And it was literally like, I said hello, and, and he was like, hi, this is Dennis. And I was like, who? And it didn't... It, I have to tell you, I don't know what has happened. I'm not really... I don't know, like, what... If there's meds involved or if there's some deter- like something going on, like... Yeah. And it, it didn't even sound... The last sound that I have of talking to him sound I thought after a while I'm like am I gonna sit here and talk to this person that I don't I'm not really sure who I'm talking to like yeah he's like this is Dennis I'm like Dennis I'm like like my and I literally said like my dad and I was like questioning it because I just it did not register on any level on any subliminal subconscious level the voice was not anything the same and so we had the most random like 15 minute conversation where I had the need to say like, a thank you for giving me yeah. the opportunity to come back because despite the fact that like, it's pretty much my mom's house. Yeah. Yeah. There is an also another coexisting relationship that happens there, which is also completely dysfunctional and yeah. needed much therapy that it never got like over the yeah. years because of the stigma of therapy and mental health back then, which yeah. doesn't exist now. Thank God, which does, yeah. but like on a different level, yeah, and I just yeah. you know I said look I'm not trying to I appre- I'm very appreciative of be you know the opportunity to be able to come back and I'm not trying to make anything more precarious or worse and please don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells around me or you can't say anything and you know it is what it is and you know I'm I'm I you know and I just was like I appreciate the opportunity to be able to have a place to come back to yeah because I don't know what the alternatives would have been. And, and he was like, I understand that. And he was like, you know, you just have to make sure you get yourself the help, you know, the mental health help that you need, and which I'm already doing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's like, and then just make sure that you prepare yourself to, like, 
take the next steps. And I'm like, well, I haven't even been there. And I'm like, you're getting, I'm like, you, yeah. and, and now I'm like, you're kicking me out. <laughs> yeah. You're kicking me out already. And I don't think that's the case, but it was more just like, it was awkward, dude. What do you say to somebody that you haven't spoken to that really knows nothing about you other than probably what my mom knows, which was very little. Like, it's we- very weird. Like, my whole, like, I have no problem delving into the psychology, but this has already been going on for an hour, and I've been rambling, yeah. like, all over the fucking place, and we could talk about, like, my whole familial bullshit. I don't know if other people, like, like talking about other people's shit, because then they don't have to think about their shit, but I have no problem yeah. talking about how I grew up or, like, the way I grew up or, you know... We could we could go down that like memory lane and you know dig into that shit, but uh, it was it it was a start. I mean, I'm also at a point where I'm also not the same person that I was 17 years ago. And I right. I mean I would I could look. I'm very hard headed. I'm very stubborn. I'm very opinionated. I'm very defensive. I'm very you know hard headed, and um, I very frequently infrequently relinquish my position on where I stand on things. Yeah. Because normally I'm right all the time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I'm very, I, I will defend somebody and die on a hill thinking I'm defending somebody if I think I'm doing the right thing. And that's how I spent my yeah. life, like, defending my mom. And uh, But it's, like, it's going to be best for you probably not to be, like, a, your therapist. But if you go there and, like, really do see it as, like, just a way out a temporary way out for you versus like needing to reintegrate into their lives and like deal with like they're gonna do what they're gonna do they're old people and yeah it is what it is and there's no sense getting super caught up in the way they live their lives you know just use it as your springboard i'm not trying to listen i'm not trying to get involved in any of that i i spent my whole life in the middle yeah and actually wasn't even the middle i spent my whole life in the middle like in front of my mom yeah. Like, you know, protecting my mom, thinking I was protecting yeah. my mom. Yeah. Um, and that was not the best place to probably spend my entire childhood through my high school years. And yeah. uh, that definitely took its toll. Yeah. Uh, and probably the repercussions even now. Like, I mean, it's still on work. You know, you, sh- you sort that shit out. There's never enough therapy. I mean, mm-hmm. I could be in therapy. I could, I could talk to somebody every single day for, like, 17 hours about shit. And, like, totally. I am sure that's only, like, scratching, like, the surface. So, you know, it's a lot. And it'll be a lot. But because there's also a lot outside of that. Because then there's the neighbors. And then there's, like, other people that I found out that, well, my neighbors happen to be my godparents. So uh, okay. there was also that particular aspect of a relationship that fell off and then I found out well now we're going to get into it because then I found out that my mom talked to them about the situation without talking to me first right and I was like you talked to them about like but these are like this is just my opinion but these are the kinds of things we're just gonna have to be like all right, like, okay. I said fine. In the beginning, I was like, I can't believe you died. Like, what? And then I was like, what did you say? Like, did you, I mean, did you tell them, like, like, did you tell them without asking me, like, that I had, like, a mental break that I had, yeah. like, was going through an episode? And she was like, I needed to talk to someone. I needed to, and I'm like, okay. okay. So I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. It's fine. So, and then she's, so then my mom is like, well, you're going to have to talk to them when you come home because they're going to want to know how you're doing and they're going to want to see what's going on. And I was like, you know what? Just take down the wall, the fucking fence. I invite them socially distance over. I don't, I don't care anymore. Like that to me, like 
years ago, that would have been an argument that would have like ended it all. I would have been like, that was a dumb fucking decision. You should have asked me first. You breached our like personal discussion and you shared shit with other people without asking me first. And now they're thinking X when they might not know Y. And and now we're fucked. And now I'm just like, I don't even give a fuck. Who cares? They could think that you fucking tried to jump off the roof and like what they're just two random yeah fine they're godparents they're just two random people who think something i was like whatever i mean look they i i spent a lot of time in their house like during my growing up years like i i i understand and i i look you know i'm i'm very well aware of who they are and i know that they only have my best interest at heart and i don't think they would ever do anything detrimental in that regard, but I, it was just more of like that breach of confidence. Already, I'm like, okay, already here we yeah, go. Yeah, you're and like, was, mom, it's been 24 hours and you're already like spilling my shit. To yeah, everyone. <laughs> and we're already like not on the same page, like 100. percent It's like super. So I'm just like, whatever. I'm going back. I'm bringing my dog. He's gonna have a backyard. That's what's important. I'm going to be there for the winter. I'm not going to have to deal with this fucking, which also is a big issue because I, you know, thinking about winter in New York City when it's like 30 below and shits fill outside, it's even less, less people are going to be out. So if I don't see you in the park when it's 90 and sunny and gorgeous out, I am not going to see you when it's sloshy and sleety and haily and 20 below and, and then I'll be even less isolated and alone. And, and so I was like... Yeah, and you can't even really use the roof when it's, like, shitty out. And then I was like, yes, excellent point. So here we stand, and I, I plan on, like, you know, getting out of here end of August. So I'm going to have, like, I'm not rushing. It's I think that's plenty of time. I, I should be able to get my hands on some boxes by then and set something up. And, and then uh, my lease is not over. I'm not breaking my lease. I will still have access to the – they don't need to know where I'm going, and I don't owe anybody an explanation. And when my lease is over, it's over. And, right. and then that's the end of the story. So here we are. And this is the, you know, just another, you know, am I a victim of COVID? Am I a victim of the economy? Am I a victim of COVID and the economy? Am I a victim of just not being able to find a job? Is it my own fault that I couldn't find work before COVID? Like, there's a lot of shit that, you know, you question. But yet here we are and COVID has fucked everybody in their own way. And it is a huge, it, it, it is a huge impact in a... I'm done. I'm done fighting it. I, I, I'm like, you win. I really, I don't give up. It's not giving up, but I'm saying like I give up to this COVID shit. I'm done fighting. I'm done trying to like beat it. I'm done trying to like justify it and I'm fucking out and that's it. I, dude, I'm with you. It's, and I no appreciate way. your support. Let me just state for the record through this all, you've been a stalwart of a friend and a support system and to the Jam fam and to the Redneck and to Hazmat, and to Schmooper, and to the people, the, and to Shapira, and the, to the very few people that I do trust with the innermost workings of the 3 a.m. fears of my life, uh, I, I, am, I very much thank you for that, and I am truly thankful to have friends like you and friends like the Jam Fam and, and people that know me truly me. Like, not the me they think they know or the me that, yes. you know, like, that I put out there on the street. Like, which is really me. Like, there is not much more, but, you know. Yeah, there's always a deeper element. There's a little bit of a deeper element. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, thanks for that. And uh, thanks for listening to everybody who has ridden the the struggle bus through this long, windy, rambly <laughs> fucking podcast, which is me mostly talking about my nine million random fucking jobs that led me <laughs> 
to my lack of a job. I mean, nobody who's listening to Ranting with Randy thinks that we're going to have, like, a super linear conversation from, like, A to B. It's going to be you know, it's all over. It's always going to go up and down and left and right, but we'll always circle back to the to the final ending point. Which, right, which is now way over time, and which is now, she's like, I got shit to do. I got to take Frank out. I got to walk no. the dog. I got to eat dinner. I'm unsupportive of the, no, I ate dinner. I, I prepared, I knew. I, oh. I prepared myself. <laughs> I got ready. I buckled in. Nice. You buckled in for the ride. We'll do. There will definitely be the. We'll hashtag this. The journey begins back to Buck Road, and uh, we'll drop this probably tomorrow morning because it's already eleven o'clock here on the right coast, and uh, totally. I'm about to go pop in some Bob's Burgers or Despicable Me for the fifty-seven thousandth time, and uh, <laughs> take the dog back to the animal hospital tomorrow for another three thousand dollar vet bill. And then pack it up and start uh, organizing uh, my apartment and slowly begin the packing process. Yeah, is is he is he doing okay? Like, it is okay. He's he is back to he is a thousand percent. Thank God, Brokashem, back to himself. Yep. Dog wise, like no more wincing. He's prancing off the roof after he poops. Um, However, it is now the secondary situation that is going to be the long term unfortunate prognosis. But he's a seen you know he's an older dog and like. Life happens, so we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, and it'll be, he won't have the stairs to worry about in Jersey. He will have a backyard, and he'll have a good, he'll have a good retirement out in the burbs. He gets to retire out in the burbs, and, uh, he does. and we'll, we'll take it from there. Does, do you think, does Carol like dogs? Carol loves dogs. Okay. Uh, Carol loves dogs. Carol should have had a dog a long time ago. She could yeah. definitely benefit from a therapy dog. Yeah. Uh, but she... She's also just too neurotic and refuses yeah. to stop working. So, right, that's a whole okay. other situation. Okay. <laughs> All right, take us look. Now I could say, take us home, Wong Junior. Wong Junior. Yeah. All right. So everyone, oh. the jam. What what night of the jam are we on? We're gonna be tomorrow night. Makes one thirty-seven. Holy shit! So we've been doing this for one hundred and thirty-six nights. <laughs> The jam will not end. The jam will migrate to Buck Road. Yeah. It, the jam is totally migrating to Buck Road. Okay. Are you kidding? So join us 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at Doodleheads, live on Instagram. Great conversation. Lots of support. Genuine people. Yeah, really good people. All over the place. Yeah, truly. Um what you got you Blue, asking? you got Care, you got Mary Beth, you yeah. got people that cook, people that garden, you got Chi-Town, you got Kristen out in the street, getting people yep. tested, doing, rocking the social justice, you got, God, poor That's Anna crazy. stuck in the Dominican. You, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, if I won the lottery, I think the first thing I'd do is charter Anna a plane. Yeah, <laughs> a thousand percent. Or her husband and her dog to go down there, whichever she prefers. Yeah, that is a tough you want to talk about a tough fucking story. Like, I'm sitting here crying about being alone on my couch, and this this chick is, like, has been away from her husband and her dog for, what is she going on, four months now? Four or five months, yeah. Taking care know. of her dad, who has a broken femur. Yeah. I mean, how you are sitting around with your femur broken, her mom, who has early onset, I'm putting all of her business out on the podcast yeah, now, yeah. but her well, mom. say her mom's in a difficult situation. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the caregiver to her elderly parents while working full time, while being in the motherfucking Dominican Republic without her husband. Like, dude. 
And she's such a bright spirit in the jam. She is. She's a good. Let me tell you something. And she is a she is a good egg. And I can tell you that because we met via Instagram. Yeah. And and I will tell you that for everybody that like again like social media has a lot of bullshit aspects to it. A lot of proving. A lot of privilege. A lot of like people that don't understand shit. Unlike Corny McCornCob. there, we were able to, in the beginning, when Instagram first started, build this little community of Instagram NYC and make some really true friendships in real life yeah. out of that. And I think that that's important. So you can bash social media all you want, but there are, there are positive aspects Listen, the, that come I from mean, it. I mean, the jam itself. Is the jam itself. bright spot in everyone's day, I think. I think, dude, it got me up off the couch. There were days when I did not get up off the couch, didn't shower, didn't eat. And I I knew that at 8 o'clock, at 7 o'clock, I had to put my playlist together. At 8 o'clock, I had to change my clothes and, like, put on a hat and cover my face and dance around. And then I could crawl back onto the couch when it was over. But there was, it, it gave me something to look forward to and something that I knew was happening and something that... I had to do because otherwise there would be no fucking jam. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, uh, I mean, anybody could, I mean, that's not true. You could, like, throw no, a Spotify keeping, playlist no, together. keeping the shit going. But, I mean, uh, no one else would do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Look, we raised crazy. money with tie-dye t-shirts. We sold t-shirts. 100%. We sold t-shirts. We donated the money to... Good charities. Yeah. I mean, it's been a great... So come hang with us at the jam. Yeah, you can come find Franklin if you ever change your name back, Marianne Williamson's yeah, Crystal I Shop. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's cool bitch, maybe two or three underscores. <laughs> I don't know. I was sitting around one day and I said to a friend of mine, I wish my Instagram name was cool bitch, <laughs> and it made me laugh. And so I changed it. But All right. It you don't have days. to. You could, stay, you could stay the cool bitch that you are, and they you could, could find, find you there. on the jam. Find me in the jam. Find Randy at Doodleheads on Instagram, Small Pencil Club on Twitter. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln's on the Twitter version. You can go check out Lincoln's Mitchell Minutes. Support Lincoln. Go to his website. Buy his books. You can find Babla. Dudes from Atlantic City roll through. Like, there's all different people that dip in, dip out, that listen to the podcast that I'm super appreciative of, that, like, that we've really built. Like, I, I, I text with him. Like, I, his Instagram stories are great. You get to see the sunrise down Atlantic City. You get to see the Atlantic City boardwalk. You get to see how different people are living their lives and surviving through this struggle. Totally. And how and dealing with not only that, but life. Like, life happens. Family illness happens. You know, jobs come and go. You know, relationships come and go. And, like, people share that in their own way in their Instagram stories. And then you, like, chat with them on the down. You know, you DM them. And you, you like right. their shit. And you share things. And... You know, it, it builds that community and that sense of, like, checking on people and, you know, keeping an eye on people. And so it, it really is, it's everyone that, you know, that checks in on my story and everyone that comes to the jam and everybody that does that, it, it means something. And so just don't think that liking a story or, like, liking for doesn't, or commenting on something doesn't have an impact. Of course it does. So check us all out. Mar- Wong's doing puzzles out the yin yang. Wong's puzzling. I mean, Wong is on a puzzle rampage. Jake dip hamburger. Jakey dip back into the gym yesterday. I know. I heard. He didn't show up tonight. Him. He's fucking fired. <laughs> he said I'll he was coming know. back. I'm gonna I'm gonna go text him and like harass Do his it. ass. Do it. He'd love it. Uh, you have to text me his number on the, uh, after we're off because I only have the other uh, the other yeah. half of that situation. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I only yeah. have the other manager on line one. Yeah. <laughs> who needs to? Who also needs we to? We need div- manager on line two. Yeah, yeah, manager on line two, but all the managers have to come back. All right, but otherwise, okay. I think uh, I think we recovered everything, and we'll we'll just well if we haven't, just let us know. If there's anything else you want to know about Central you Jersey, let Jersey. us know. <laughs> you can go Google Chittick High School. You can go Google East Brunswick High School. You can go Google the East Brunswick Public Library. We'll go, put in Google all, Ham, go Google Hammershold Middle School in two points if you can spell it without looking it up. Yeah, good luck with that. Oh, yeah, right. I was just going to give the clue away, and you prevented me from doing that. Yeah, no, don't. I won't don't. do that. All right. Yeah. All right. Let us, give, give us a theme song and send us out. We're done. Okay. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait. Oh. Peace and hair grease? We can peace and hair grease. Wash your hands. Check on your peeps. Wash wear your, your mask. Hands, check on your peeps. Peace and hair grease. Okay, take two. Do, 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 do. <laughs> We're done.